listening to Tamar Yona. This is a live show. We are going to be giving you more updates on the war in Israel. And uh, at the moment, uh, I'm just going to read out some of the latest uh, statistics, and I'm going to tell you the guests that we're going to be having on the show today. So far, the Israeli government has released to the press that there are at least 600 civilians and soldiers killed murdered in cold blood here in Israel from this terror attack, which was a an attack against the, the state of Israel, the people of Israel. It is war. Dozens of our citizens and soldiers have been kidnapped. Over 2,000 people here have been injured. And uh, there have been thousands of rockets fired towards Israel as well. Now, we're going to be having on Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, who will be giving us some more data uh, as it has come in in the last 24 hours. And we will be speaking later on also with a resident of the South that has been under at least... 40 to 50 red alert sirens that went off with uh, rockets being shot into their communities or in the skies overhead. We'll also be speaking with Mordechai Sones, who's going to talk to us about some of the uh, stories that are going around now and the information that we have that uh, the army did not react in a uh, timely manner. He's going to tell us perhaps why. And we'll speaking with Israeli activist Nadia Matar, who will be coming on and uh, she'll be talking about her experiences. Uh, I have to remind you all that uh, almost all of the mothers and almost all of the women, I should say, in Israel have skin in the game, those of us who are staying behind in the home front because they have sent their children off to war to defend the country, or they have sent their husbands off to war when they got the call up. This happened on the holiday of Simchat Torah uh, or and the Shabbat when we don't drive, when we don't listen to radio or television. Many of us did not know this was happening until an announcement came, and we can go into that a little bit later, how people found out and what the um, response was. But let me first introduce our guest so he can get Give us uh, some more details on what is happening here in Israel on this Sunday afternoon here in Israel from four to we're going to go special two hour show today, two to six p.m. today. And uh, and also what's developed over the last 24 hours. Our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. He is a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University. He's authored over 90 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideastern world issues, and I want to welcome to the show Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. All right, so where would you like to start? Okay, uh, uh, first of all, uh, concerning your, your, your comment that some people didn't know about it. I live in Jerusalem, in a southern neighborhood. Um, uh, 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 from very early in the morning, I don't remember exactly what time, but we were already getting sirens and we were already hearing rockets explode. Yeah, I, I heard. So, uh, here in Jerusalem, for instance, which is rather far from the, from the Gaza Strip, we were already, I would 
guess right now, I didn't note the time uh, uh, when it was occurring, but I would guess that from early, um, before 9 o'clock, we were already hearing rockets fall and explode. So when we knew about it, we didn't know exactly what was going on, but we didn't know that things were going on. Okay, but let me get to uh, uh, the, the details of what's actually occurred. First of all, people should be aware that this was intentionally timed not only to be uh, 50 years since the Yom Kippur War, the when there was all, when we were also surprised, but uh, 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 also on the high holidays, as as Tamar just said, uh, 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 this is not um, uh, this is at, at very least a, a, a horrible desecration of of God's name. Um, uh, the war began officially at about six thirty in the morning here. Um, with the intentional targeting of children and families. Um, everyone listening should expect a, con a conflict that will last several weeks. This will not be a, a quick and easy conflict. This will be hard, harsh, and extraordinarily bloody. Um, uh, 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 I mean, if I just can comment from my personal um, uh, impression, I have never seen Netanyahu angry before. He was, when he made his announcement, uh, which I saw, of course, uh, uh, when Shabbat was over, but he made it several hours before then, he looked furious. Okay, Mordechai, I have to jump in and I will let you continue, but I have to say this. Um, first of all, uh, maybe he was angry, but I heard his speech and I don't think it was effective. I think that uh, a speech has to make the enemy's knees quiver. And I don't think that it did it at all for the Hamas. I think the Hamas was listening to it and thinking, been there, done that uh, with Netanyahu. That's number one. And a lot of people think our response was terrible and unforgivable and ununderstandable. But I want to read this, uh, th this alert that just came out now. It says there that... Uh, I'm, I'm translating this from the Hebrew, that the IDF has now been given the green light, an official green light, to use all of its force in every place and in every uh, situation that they find a threat on the state of Israel. Uh, this is something new because we have been always the last several decades our last couple of decades, I should say, using uh, pincetot, like uh, tweezers to, you know, carefully try to pick out the terrorists. Now they're given uh, a, an order here that they can use full force. They don't have to be afraid to pull the trigger. And that's good because uh, our sons are out there, our husbands are out there, and we want them coming home. All right, go ahead, Mordechai. Uh, it's a little bit more than that because that phraseology that you just uh, read out implies that it's not only open to Gaza, but it's open to the north as well. And that's very important in this context. Yeah, and but, people but we'll need to understand to, we'll that Israel is afraid of another front opening up in the north. Go ahead. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get back to that a little bit later. Okay, so as I said, the, the, the war began uh, uh, at about 6.30. First thing that happened was in the course of about 20 minutes, more than 5,000 rockets were fired into Israel. Again, that quantity has never before been seen. As a matter of fact, that quantity has never before been seen in the history of the world. In 20 minutes, 5,000 rockets. And by the way, during the course of the day, another 2,000 were, or the, the day yesterday, of course, 
another during the course of the day, another two thousand were were fired off. Okay, so that those are very significant numbers. Twenty minutes, five thousand rockets is, as I said, unprecedented in human history. Uh, it then continued with attacks by land, sea, and air. Thank God the sea attacks were intercepted and all of them failed. Nobody succeeded in uh, uh, infiltrating by sea that we are aware of. Um, uh, some of the attackers were apparently people from Yudav uh, 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 Shamon, from uh, Judea and Samaria, that had infiltrated via work permits and joined the, uh, the Hamas people that were coming in from the, from, the, um, uh, uh, from the West. So we had actually people coming in from both the West and the East at that time. So the people that were coming in from the East were relatively small in numbers. Um, uh, uh, many of the people that came in from Gaza were initially came in from motorized hang gliders. And one of the issues in terms of the uh, 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 intelligence failure is how did more than 60 hang gliders even arrive in the Gaza Strip? How were they there? How does it, how does this, how does this, uh, 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 yeah. uh, this, this facility even exist? Mordechai, how did they get? Thousands of uh, rockets and missiles into Gaza the same way well, let's through not, tunnels, let's not through tunnels from Egypt. Them there. Okay, and and through tunnels from Egypt. But go ahead. Okay, but again, they they, they manufacture them there, and and that, that's some of the things that the IDF has been trying to control for several years. But without a ground incursion, it's very difficult to control that. Just from the air, that that that's not really practical, and that's why we've seen over the last. Over the last few years, this this frankly ridiculous concept of mowing the lawn, which has been a total failure in terms of policy. But okay, let's let's go on. Um, uh, uh, so some went over the fence. We've seen videos of them. They, on each hang glider, there will be two um, uh, persons facing uh, um, uh, uh, forward and backward, uh, uh, heavily armed with Klashnikov. Um, 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 uh, uh, rifles and pistols, um, um, and some of them with explosives as well. They came near the, the, the their, their initial um, incursion over the fence was in the area of Kerem Shalom, which is the southernmost border crossing. After they took that point, they also uh, managed to take the next northernmost point, which is called Erez. Um, uh, the initial objective of the infiltrating pigs was to butcher entire families in their homes. And not only that, and this is, I think, this is a, a fascinating um, uh, um, uh, uh, aspect of this. They filmed everything that they were doing. In other words, when they went in, for instance, to a, a, a town called Berry and went from house to house shooting women and children in their beds, they filmed it. They're proud of what they did. We have to understand... This is even this is a lot worse than the Nazis. The Nazis, so pardon me for phrasing it this way, only killed people, sometimes raping them before they killed them. These people not only killed them, but ate them as well. We have to understand what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with people that are not even at the level of animals. Even animals very rarely 
eat what they kill. Okay, Mordecai, I've seen uh, pictures of the uh, terrorists in Gaza eating body parts of our soldiers that they ha- that they uh, got in, in, in Gaza, but uh, I have not seen any reports of cannibalism in the last, uh, in this last 24 hours or so. Where did you see that? Because I know you're a scientist. You from like the data. Hamas videos. There was a Hamas video from Gaza mm-hmm. of, capt- of, of captured people, not soldiers. Civilians, uh, yeah. uh, At least one woman that was bound and beaten to death by uh, an entire group of, 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 of these so-called soldiers. And another group where they actually ate her. Okay, I'd like you to send me that video after the show if you can. All right, can you forward that? I don't. I'm not certain if I saved it, but okay. I'm not. There's so many videos that I'm not even trying to save them all. I've saved the selection. Yeah, I know. We've all seen many videos here, and many of them too gruesome. uh, Just to once you see them, you can never unsee them. yeah. Okay. So let's let's go, go on. So uh, um, uh, uh, they entered. They they entered. uh, uh, As I said. Um, uh, 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 from from the air, and then once they made the initial incursion, Gazan civilians again. This is an important point. Used tractors and uh, lorries to crash into the fence and uh, um, um, uh, 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 take the fence down, so that uh, uh, um, many many other people who were uh, um, armed and and barbaric could come in through the fence. Now they they initially. National incursions were into nine towns. I'll name them if people aren't familiar with these, uh, with the geography. They can look it up afterwards. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed that everybody is familiar with the name of the town Sderot, which is a central, a, a, a town right on the border with Gaza. But they also went into Nativa Asra, Kfar Aza, Nachal Oz, Beri, Ofakim, Sufa, and Kerem Shalom. Nine towns altogether. Just for context, that's where I grew up. So I'm very, very familiar with the area in terms of geography. I have lived there many years. That's where I grew up, basically. At the end of Shabbat, when I turned my devices back on, uh, as I said, before then we knew that something was going on. We didn't, I didn't know any details. The first report that I saw was a report from the BBC. True to form, true to their history, at least since the Holocaust, I haven't, Looked at the BBC. I, I don't know about the BBC before the Holocaust. The BBC report initially was that 198 Gazans were killed by Israel because they had fired, quote, a few dozen rockets. Well, I don't know if anybody ever taught anybody at the BBC a, a trivial thing like arithmetic, but 7,000 is 590 dozen. And nobody thinks 590 is just a few. Yeah, I, I so want to make a clarification here, Mordechai, if I can, because last night when I did a show, I was talking about 7,000 rockets and missiles on Israel in that one-day period, less than a day. And there are different reports. Israeli sources are saying it was between 3,000 to 3,500 rockets and missiles on us. Uh, other publications, it's up there. You can find it. They said 7,000. I saw 7,000 on Israeli television. So uh, the number is wishy-washy. We don't know if there there were more and the Israeli government doesn't want to say or that the Hamas is just boasting. But this, these, these are uh, numbers that were in printed in the news in different reports. Go ahead. Okay. Um, in any case, the BBC, as usual, are liars. And so anybody listening to these things, if you listen to BBC, be aware that they are not telling the truth. 
Not that they ever have, but they're not telling the truth. This is, and this is a case where we can check what they're saying, and what they're saying is blatantly untrue. Okay, so let's go on. Um, um, there is no doubt, no doubt at all, that the six billion dollars that Biden Blinken gave to the uh, to the Mullahs just recently was also used to to fund this action. Why do I say that there's no doubt? Because they announced that there was no doubt. The Iranians and Hamas both said thank you to Blinken for the $6 billion. And that they were using the funds for this terror attack. So Blinken can make believe all he wants. He's a liar. He knew ahead of time that this money would be used against us. He knew ahead of time that this money would be used to fund terror. He's lying to the American people. He's lying to the American taxpayer. And he's doing so in the most brazen manner possible. Iran stated clearly that they fully intend before the hand, not only afterwards, not only yesterday, but Iran stated ahead of time during the negotiations that they fully intended to use these funds for whatever they chose. There's no doubt that Biden's open subservience and I do not use that word trivially, to Iran, while openly distancing himself from Israel, emboldened Iran. Iran has called all the shots for the U.S. The U.S. is today subservient to Iran. Again, I do not use that terminology trivially. The United States is subservient to Iran. Iran calls the shots, Biden, Blinken, take their orders from Iran. Again, this is clear. This is stated openly, laughingly. There was a demonstration yesterday in the parliament of Iran, in, in, in Tehran, of Iranian parliament, where all of them, without exception, stood up and said, saying, death to the United States. And they were, they claimed openly that they were using Biden and they were using Blinken, using them. So if anybody still thinks that they are a, a, a citizen of a free country in the United States, they need to start rethinking what they're doing. There is no doubt that German and EU funding of, of Hamas, German and EU both fund Hamas directly. There's no doubt that German, that is Jewish blood is on German hands today. So if there are any Germans out there that still think that Nazism has passed, they need to start rethinking how their government is re representing them. As you said before, uh, um, there have already been reported some 600 dead, some 2,000 plus uh, wounded, many of them critically wounded. The last number that I had was that more than 40 people were critical, critically wounded in, in, in uh, um, um, uh, uh, help me, uh, Tipul Nimrats. Uh. They're, uh, they're in um, uh, um... <laughs> intensive care. Yes, intensive, intensive care. care. Sorry, I, I lost the English for a moment. I'm sorry. Um, uh, 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 I want to comment on the horrible statement made by the uh, Australian foreign minister, utterly uh, 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 shameful statement that she made, 
where she uh, demanded that Israel show restraint. She demanded that Israel show restraint. We we initiated this. We we're the ones that should show restraint. After six hundred people have been murdered in cold blood, have been shot in their beds, women and children, babies were killed, and we should show restraint. And kidnapped. She has no shame. They had one little boy barefoot in his pajamas being held in one of the Gazan tunnels. There, it's 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 again animals wouldn't do something like that. No, no animal, no animal acts, uh, acts this way. Animal, animals have compassion, if nothing else. But but besides this, I mean, how can a person who claims to be the foreign minister of a, a so-called major country, Australia, and I'm quoting now, Australia urges the exercise of restraint and protection of civilian lives. Really? Does this person not have any shame whatever? How can she actually make a statement like that? Yeah, I, I want to add here that uh, oh. in one in 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 the speech, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu said that the Gazans should flee because uh, Israel's going to go in there and uh, you know clean out uh, a lot of the terrorists. I'm not going to say all of them because we we just. I, I don't have faith. There's no way to that. clean out all of them. That's yeah. not possible. Well, we can just level Gaza, tell the people to leave. We no, don't you don't really anybody, have a case But, but uh, you got to leave. That's it, because there's no more Gaza. Why is there still a Gaza? I want to know why is there still a Gaza? Why is well, there still a den of terrorists in our backyard? No, a, no, Mordechai. True. Mordechai, it is a question because we always pride ourselves on being a just people, on being a a a, 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 a people of of goodwill, and people of goodwill do not tolerate having terrorists in their backyard. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I was I was going to get to that a little bit later. You're right, of course. Um, there, there's there's always a question of when does being moral towards your enemy means that you're you're immoral towards yourself, and and that's where we've gotten to. But uh, 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 again, as I said, that I I grew up in the area around Gaza. I spent my military service in Gaza, so I know the people there. Um, uh, uh, the Gazans weren't always like that. If we go back in history, um, uh, and I've said this before on the air, during the time of Napoleon, Gaza was a Jewish city. Jewish majority in the city in the turn of the time of Napoleon. Okay, Napoleon, but... when he came to Israel, skipped over okay, Gaza and went to then. And went to Mordecai, we're dealing with now. We we're dealing with a population in 2005, I believe it was. 70% of the population of Gaza voted in the Hamas to be their leadership. In oh, democratic elections. We need to understand the historical context as well. All right, but Okay, but but okay. Gonna... Well, we need to understand here. Uh, uh, not it's not just a Tur the 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 Australian Prime Minister Turkey also made a, a a statement which which stinks. We call on all sides to act with restraint and stay away from impulsive moves that will heighten the tension. No one's going to heighten the tension after six hundred people have been murdered. There's no such question. No such questions. And kidnapped tension. and raped and tortured. Yes, of course, of course. And they're holding okay. our people hostage. Right now, okay. as now we, we speak. need to understand that this is not a war against Israel. This is a war against civilization. As I mentioned, the members in unison of, <coughs> pardon me, 
of the Iranian parliament chanted death to America in unity and stated openly that $6 billion is not enough. Nothing is ever enough for them. It should be noted that apparently some 40 Israelis have been taken as hostages. This was the number that I had in the morning. I don't know if that number is still accurate. But I do know that some of them have apparently already been eaten while they were still alive. We're talking about cannibals here. Again, this is a war against civilization. The most basic concepts of civilization are being violated here. And we need to understand, we all need to understand this. Uh, horrific view, videos, again, videos made by Hamas because they're proud of what they're doing. Mosques in Jerusalem have been actively calling over their loudspeakers for war against the state of Israel here in Jerusalem. Remember, these religious bodies receive funding from the state. Their imams receive stipends and salaries. In Istanbul, residents have demonstrated in favor of war. Hezbollah is threatening to join the war from Lebanon. And with that, I believe you have a, a, another guest that is supposed to come on now. Yeah, I, I will in another, t in another two or three minutes. Keep talking. Go ahead. Okay. okay. Um, I, I, I need to uh, illustrate a, a contrast which is uh, um, uh, uh, very poignant and people... Um, um, through the miasma of, of the political process in the United States, don't realize what's really going on here. Trump, whether you like him or despise him, brought stability and peace, peace that actually spread. Biden, since, his, since he began, since his first month in office, <clears throat> has brought war and destruction everywhere. Within months of Biden stepping in, Hamas already attacked Israel. And U.S. response was simply sick. Hamas attacked with, with, with uh, uh, at that time, hundreds of rockets. And Biden's comment, as it always has been in the past, that Israel should show restraint. There is no doubt whatever. America, and this hurts me to say this, America has blood on its hands. Because you Invited these people into the White House. You invited these people in. You elected them. These people are sick. Biden is sick. Maybe he's just a senile, stupid old man. That's possible. Blinken is not. Right. These people are sick people that need to be relieved of the damage that they're doing to the entire world. I, I don't know if they're and, sick or, or dangerous or both. <laughs> But, well, uh, I don't. I'm not certain if there's a difference between them. But okay, but right. we'll, we'll we have uh, we have a guest on the show now. We're going to have a few guests on the show today. We have De uh, joining us now, Devora Chorev. She is a resident uh, in the south of Israel in a community called Magalim, and she has been under in the last uh, 24 uh, uh, or more or so hours, she's been under at least 40 to 50 red alert sirens. Devora, welcome to the program. Hi, welcome. I can actually barely hear you. Is there, is there any way to make the volume a little louder? Okay, so I'll try to do that. Uh, in the meantime, just tell us what your experiences have been. 
Okay, well, it started to yesterday morning, around 6 o'clock in the morning. I heard my phone. Um, it's Shabbat, and um, we, are, you know, we keep Shabbat. But I have a red alarm alert. Um, I'm sorry. A red alert application on my phone, and it actually speaks. And at 6 o'clock in the morning, I started hearing my phone speaking, saying all kinds of different cities in the country. I thought to myself, okay, maybe something is wrong. Maybe there's a glitch in the application. And I started hearing the boomings over my head. I'm like, okay, this isn't a dream. There's not something wrong. Something is actually happening. And um, I woke up the whole family, and we all went running down to the safe room that we have in our house. Actually, what we have in our house is a bomb shelter, not a safe room. And besides my husband, who can't go running, he's handicapped, and he doesn't go to the bomb shelter. And we were in the bomb shelter for, I don't know, they just didn't stop. Literally, the the sirens didn't stop, didn't stop. And um, eventually, we had a little break, maybe about 10 minutes. And the first thing I actually did was I ran outside. Um, in Israel, there's national service. And we have girls in a house about two or three doors away from me that do national service. And they're here on my issue. So I ran to go get them. Seven girls went running. I told them, wrap yourself in blankets, just run to my house. And I brought the seven girls to my house also. And so it was my family. I have seven kids. A second. Uh, people should understand. We're talking about this is just that sun up. So we're t it's not yet bright day yet. No, this is about six o'clock in the morning. It's still. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I can still barely hear you. If there's any way to really make the volume a little louder, it would be great. Um, we're, I'm talking about six o'clock in the morning. I ran, I ran slamming on their door. You know, in my house, they were in the safe room. I brought all the girls to my house. I mean, I'm a mother of a girl who does national service also. And just the thought of my daughter being alone, it, it, I had to run and go get the girls and bring them here. And literally, we were in and out of the safe room. Like, the whole, my whole downstairs basement is actually fortified, but we do have a safe room. So I kept everyone downstairs because what you have to realize is we have a, when we have a siren, um, where I live, we're nine kilometers from Asda. With a, um, and we have 15 seconds. And in those 15 seconds, you normally have the boom before the 15 seconds. And they were falling all over the place. The, I mean, literally the rockets were falling and the, the, um, all the explosions were over our head. I and mean, we have the Iron Dome. And so the Iron Dome was shooting out the rockets, and everything was meeting over our heads, and the house was shaking. And the girls who don't live here, you know, the girls who I ran and got them, I had seven absolutely hysterical girls who don't live in the South and had never experienced, um, you know, had never experienced something like this. And the entire day, oh, and then the electricity went out. And we had lost our electricity from 6 o'clock in the morning, no, about 6.30 in the morning, Till almost seven o'clock in the evening, wow. we had no electricity whatsoever in the house. Wow! In the entire area, in the entire Gaza Belt went black. Also, internet went off. Um, no electricity, no internet. Anyone had Wi-Fi? I'm sorry, we have red alerts. Okay, yeah, we're having a red alert. Uh, in we're the having a red alert. It's not right here, but it's close to me. Yes. I don't know if you heard the siren over yes. my phone. Yes, right. I don't now. know if you heard the beep. Yes. But um, we get. Right you know, if we have a start, I'm going to have to hang up on you or I'll take you with you. Of course. Of course. You do what you need to do. Um, 
And more or less since then, we've been in a situation of under attack. I don't know how much you actually know about what's going on in this area, but the terrorists broken through the border of Gaza to Israel through Mavar Airs, the Airs crossing. Um, I'm not going to give any real details because I don't know what's under... Well, I'm allowed to say what I'm not allowed to say. I'm really not sure exactly where we have censorship. And, you know, I'm not sure exactly. So I'd rather not say things which may be under censorship. But the terrorists broke in. They got into the base. They went to a party there. We had hundreds and hundreds of teenagers and, you know, in their 20s. They got into the kibbutzim there where you have babies and women and elderly and handicapped and Holocaust survivors. And they were driving around literally with, with open pickup trucks and enormous guns on the back and just shooting at everyone, breaking into bomb shelters and shooting the people in the bomb shelters. At the party, they just um, machine gunned everyone down. In the kibbutzim, they took hostages. And then some of those hostages were massacred. And some of the hostages were after um, kidnapped into the Gaza belt. Where, I'm sorry, not the Gaza belt, into Gaza itself. And we have no idea where they are. We don't know how many there are. We don't know if they're alive, if they're dead. Children were separated from their parents. Parents were separated from their children. Women were separated from their husbands with babies. Elderly in wheelchairs were taken with their foreign workers. They were all kidnapped into Gaza. And we have no idea what's happening with them. We have no idea actually how many were kidnapped. We don't know how many of them are alive or dead. We have IDF soldiers who were shot dead. We have IDF soldiers who were kidnapped. We have IDF soldiers who, after they were kidnapped, they were filmed being executed. Um, right now, as we're, right now, right now, as we're speaking, the, the Gaza belt is still under fire. There are terrorists still walking around this area, armed terrorists. Just a couple of, um, maybe 10, 15 minutes ago, they caught terrorists in Nitivot, which is not far from me, in the train station. The trains are not working, obviously, but in the area of the train station, they got five terrorists there. Um, about an hour ago, they caught terrorists about seven minutes away from my house in one of the farms. Their fighting is still going on as we speak. There are army patrolling the streets, army patrolling everywhere. There are tanks from the, from the north on the way down. Um, the IDF is bombing in Aza. My house is shaking like a leaf. They use bombs, which are, they, they're bunker bombs. No, I'm not sure how to explain to you what a bunker bomb is, besides to think of an earthquake. And that's more or less what you feel. When they drop these bombs, the house shakes. The land shakes. Everything shakes. I have in my house now some of the girls from the Shrewd Lumi are still here in my house in the National Service because they can't leave. Um, this morning I had some of the soldiers. I brought some soldiers over for breakfast. It was actually nice. We had pancakes together. You know, I'm American. What can they do? Pancakes. 
And um, <laughs> we're in a bloody war zone. Excuse me for my language. And I really, really don't understand how it is that these Hamas terrorists have actually been invited to, you know, around the world. They're accepted. You know, people actually want us to make peace with these, with these, uh, I won't use the word animals because I have respect for animals, but these bloody monsters who have absolutely no regard for life, no regard, no regard for anything, no regard whatsoever. They, they have no respect for life. All they do, the only thing they respect is blood, is death. I'm in, yeah. I, I'm in my house now. We can't leave the house. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't know what to do. I feel like I'm living in a war zone. How do people in your community feel? Uh, Tamara can barely hear you. What'd you say? How many people in your community, how, how do they feel, the other, other people in your community? Okay, my community is about 2,000 residents. It's, it's the largest community in the regional council of Zdot Negev. Um, people are totally in shock. All, most of the boys have been called up and enlisted. Um, a lot of the men have been enlisted. Um, in my specific family, my personal family, um, my son has been on alert. My daughter is waiting to get uh, called up. Um, most of my nephews have been called up. Um, people are, first of all, they're in shock because, you know, in Israel, we're so proud of our army and we're so proud of our intelligence and we're so proud. I mean, it's something that we, we really, really say, wow, we have the best intelligence in the world. We have the best army in the world. And excuse me, but we were caught with our pants down. And That's someone is exactly definitely going to have to, someone is going to have to really, when all is said and done and... Someone is going to have to explain how we lost hundreds of people in one day. Hundreds of people, not including the injured and not including the hostages. I'm talking about people who were murdered in cold blood. That how they were gunned down with machine guns. How they went through the crossing. How they got these pickup trucks through. We have the best borders in the world. We have the best soldiers in the world and the best, best technology in the world. Someone is going to have to explain how this happened. Because it's mind-boggling. You can't understand how it happened because it's absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, we have these fences around Asda where if a bird sits on the fence, we know. We know. They see them on the cameras. They see them on the... A bird triggers. Right. How did this happen? There's so many armed terrorists got through and no one knew for hours. Devorah, I want to, uh, if there's any last thing that you want to share with us, take the time. I'm sorry, right I can't hear you. I have planes over my head. I, the IDF is, you know, I'm saying, right over my head. I can't hear you. What'd you say? If there's anything else that you want to share with us now, now's the time to do it before we say goodbye. What I want to, what I want to share, what I want to say is we have faith in God. We are believers. We're religious people. We're believers. 
We believe the Bezrat Hashem, everything will be okay. We pray that our soldiers will be healthy. And we pray our soldiers will, as we say in Hebrew, May they go in peace and come back in peace. May they be healthy. May God watch over them. May God help them. May God, may, may God watch over all of our soldiers. May they all come home to their families, the people that love them. And please, God, may we have a safe return of all of our hostages in good health, physical and mental health. Please, God, may everything that we're going through end because it really is a really horrible nightmare what we're going through. Amen. Devorah, one last question, Devorah. Uh, if the army comes because they're already, there are already reports that the army is evacuating residents uh, of the Gaza belt to get them out uh, because of these uh, terrorists still roaming around and, and uh, kidnapping people and holding people hostage, taking new hostages, etc. Would you leave your community if uh, asked to? Tamara, you may call me crazy. But that's okay. You won't be the first one. I will never, never, never let a terrorist drive me out of my home. Never. Not me and not my children. The day a terrorist tells me, the day a terrorist makes me make the decision to leave my house, is the day I leave Israel. No one will ever make me leave my home. If I decide to go on vacation, if I decide to go up north, if I decide to go on vacation, it's going to be when I want and my decision, not because someone is shooting at me and not because someone is, it, 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 not because of, of terrorists. I'm staying here. This is my home. This is my land. And I will never leave it. Devorah, God should keep you safe and well, you and your family and your entire community. Thank you, Tamar. And thank all you, of the Tamar. And I want to thank Tamar. you again for also the opportunity of telling people what really is actually happening in the Gaza Belt. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak. Thank you very much. God bless you, Devorah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. All right. I want to give a few more updates. And then uh, Dr. Mordechai is going to uh, fill in some more of his commentary as I get our next guest on. Uh, these are the latest uh, news headlines I have received Um the, there might be another hostage situation in the community of, of Be'eri. Uh, last night around two o'clock in the morning, there were around 50 hostages in the dining room of the kibbutz there, uh, being held. That's what, that's what I understood. And they were, thank God, two, two a.m., the IDF, uh, forces went in and freed them. However, it looks like there may be another hostage situation there. So that means that terrorists are still in the area. And roaming. Uh, this is why also I believe that the IDF is trying to uh, tell people that they should evacuate and trying to evacuate them. Uh, whether you are for it or against it, I'm not going to get into right now. Uh, but I think that Devorah spoke very well in what she said. Also, the Hamas is saying that they will do another missile barrage on Israel at 6 p.m. Israel time tonight. Also, Gaza authorities say that they are not getting electricity from Israel anymore. And by the way, if anyone didn't know, Israel supplies water and electricity to the Gaza Strip. And yesterday, for the first time ever that I remember when we were in a war that Israel uh, uh, said that they were going to cut their electricity, their power, because they're using it in order to kill Israelis, etc. So it's this report is saying that. 
they're uh, they are not getting electricity from Israel anymore. Also, Hamas is calling now for the Hezbollah in the north. Remember, Hezbollah is situated in South Lebanon. The Hamas in Gaza is calling on the Hezbollah in the north to join in this war and to strike Israel. Already, there was a, uh, a Patsmar. Mordechai, how do you say Patsmar in, in English? Mortar, mortar shell. A mortar, mortar shell. There was a mortar shell. Uh, mortar uh, bomb. Uh, 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 shot into Israel from the northern border this morning. It says a spot was fired on. There was no hit. Thank God. And uh, Hamas now is also saying that they will execute their Jewish prisoners if the attacks on the Gaza Strip from Israel continue. So that is the situation we are in at this moment. I'm speaking at 4.46 p.m. Israel time or 9.46 a.m. U.S. Eastern time uh, as we are uh, having this show live. So, Mordecai, why don't you uh, give your commentary and I'm going to get our next guest on. Okay. First of all, the first thing I I must say, I I have to uh, react to something that Devora said. Um, uh, um, uh, People out there need to be aware that the sentiment that she expressed is the normal sentiment in the country that none of these cockroaches will ever, ever control how I act, when I act, what I act, will never throw me out of my house. None of them. These are cockroaches. They need to be stomped upon like cockroaches. As far as I'm concerned, the the, the, the solution must begin with total scorched earth, at least for one kilometer from the fence inwards, at least, total scorched earth. And that should include any motorized vehicle in the Gaza Strip should be immediately destroyed. Any motorized vehicle. It was the Gazan civilians that took down, that, that, that broke through the fence. It was not the Hamas people, it was, it was the Gazan civilians. As Tamar said before, remember that Hamas was overwhelmingly elected to to run Gaza. So that's ter- in terms of, 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 of what Devora said. I think she spoke very, very well, and I also would like to thank her for what she said. I don't know if she's still listening. Um, uh, she spoke very, very well, and I think she represented people very well, very intelligently, and uh, uh, I think it was very good of her to, to say what she did say. Remember, she's under enormous pressure right now, so Phoning in is not a trivial thing for her. Okay, so let's get back to a few um, uh, uh, facts about things that are going on. We need to. Uh, we, we, we were talking about Biden before. Just again, people in America don't really get news. They get some sort of filtered mix of 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 of, of pablum for little children. But since Biden has come into office, we we are seeing. Conflicts, armed conflicts, not just in Ukraine, which is what which is what people are talking about, um, but Ukraine, Azerbaijan, West Africa, East Africa, Serbia, Taiwan, Korea, and of course now in the Middle East as well. All of this is fomented by Biden administration directly, and people need to be aware of that. I understand that you have another guest coming on now. That's ready? Yes, we have joining us Mordechai Sones, uh, who's a journalist. Mordechai, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us exactly uh, what you're doing. 
Hi there. Um, my name is Mordechai Sones, and I am news director for Frontline News. I just hear an echo of myself. It's difficult. There's a way I can uh, I can take this off. Let's that's see probably here. that's probably yeah, local for you. I sometimes I'll, I'll try to fix to me, that, but just we just don't hear talking. it on the air. Yeah, just keep talking. You're fine on the air. All right then. <clears throat> Go ahead, yes. Go ahead. So uh, we have a news site which uh, publishes in three languages, English, Spanish, and Portuguese. And basically, it's a uh, news site that I founded after having left Arut Sheva, uh, after spending a year there doing COVID coverage, and uh, I resigned in protest of the editorial policy. So really, Frontline News is there to provide whatever whatever uh is missing from the mainstream news uh and it's and it's intended to be an accurate and uh truthful uh news source so that's uh, that's really why we exist it's to, it's to provide that which is not uh, not available on the mainstream sites okay now i know that you've had uh, some of your writers uh writing articles about the situation here in israel why don't you give us a little bit of a background of uh what you found out well, so far we're still looking at things. I mean, it's still very, very new. There are a lot of rumors and everything, uh, a lot of rumors floating around, but the thing that everybody seems to agree on is that uh, without without having direct evidence in the form of documents and, you know, uh, confidential documents from the idea that it appears that somebody was instructed to stand down, although we're not, you know, we're looking at everybody who, Israel's intelligence apparatus who had any kind of experience in those sectors say that it's impossible for something to have happened under normal circumstances. It's impossible for not only uh, invaders to enter the country, but also exit the country with vehicles and hostages. It's just not something that... uh, not not something that that naturally would have happened without somebody helping it from the inside, and we're looking at evidence of that. I mean, it seems it seems to be it seems to be a general consensus among anyone who's who has any uh, experience in the army, and you know that's that's what we're looking at as we're trying to okay, determine so now. Let me clarify this. So in Israel today, many Israelis are putting up videos are putting up statements saying, I used to work in this unit on the on, on the fence between Gaza and Israel, and I know that there's no possible way that they could have made this cut in the fence, driven vehicles through it with their uh, terrorists, etc., for hours. We're talking hours with no reaction from the Israeli apparatus, from the Israeli military, from the Israeli government, etc., and they say, uh, they're testifying that I, I used to work there. I was one of the people who used to guard the fence, watch it on the television, etc. If a bird flew into the fence, if a cat walked by, we had to all be on it because uh, that's how sensitive it was and that's how serious the, uh, the security was. And here it was a wide open place in a sophisticated fence th- where vehicles could drive through it and... People are pouring through there into Israel and then bringing hostages back through those places. And Israelis are saying this is impossible that there was no reaction from the Israeli military, the Israeli government. 
Go this ahead. is an important thing that people have to understand, uh, and they need to understand it from their news coverage. And that's looking at incidents such as these in their proper context. We shouldn't lose our memory. And that's why Israel News, uh, Israel News Talk Radio is so important and outlets like Frontline News. Because we have to understand that this is not the first time that this has happened. Let's say that the entire thing was a horrible accident and a horrible mistake and there wasn't any deliberate help from the inside. It was only a, it was only a case of terrible incompetence. Even if it's a case of terrible incompetence, everybody who's in charge has to go. They can't remain in their positions and these are screw-ups that have been happening in Israel as long as I've been living here and that's more than 30 years. And it's been happening, frankly, since before the uh, before the state was founded. So there's something fundamentally wrong that people have to understand in the leadership. It seems that there's it seems that there's a tendency among the leadership to lean on the lower echelons in the country who have to suffer the brunt of their inaction, their inactivity, their cowardice, or their their deliberate policy, whatever it is they're trying to lead this country to. Yeah, Mordechai, I just want to say right now there are, uh, 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 people are running to the bomb shelters. There is a red alert sirens going off in Nir Am and Miflasim, which are in the Gaza Belt area. And uh, we're praying for the safety of those uh, people and soldiers there. Go ahead, Mordechai. Well, the one thing that I would want to get across, and I suppose this will resonate with anybody who is a, a student of George Orwell, although you don't need to have read uh, 1984 to understand what this is about, and that is that even though Israel has officially declared war, but anybody who's been here for a number of years knows that the war isn't happening. What does it mean the war isn't happening? It doesn't mean that there isn't shooting, and it doesn't mean that there aren't people being killed and hurt and, and, and wounded and maimed. But what I mean that the war isn't happening is that don't believe all of the Israeli propaganda that we are going to set Hamas back to the Stone Age and we're going to bomb them and we're going to end this. They don't intend to end it. They never intended to end it. Every Israeli operation in Gaza that's happened since I've been in this country, and we're, we're documenting all of this right now, has ended in some kind of an ignominious ceasefire that involved a big suitcase full of millions of dollars of cash from Qatar to Hamas. And if the country was really serious about putting an end to this threat to its civilians, it could have done it long, long, long ago. And I don't care whether they're doing it deliberately or whether they're doing it out of uh, moral paralysis and political cowardice. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There has to be a fundamental change, and people have to stop voting for the people that they've been voting for. And I recognize that there is no right and there is no left here. Okay, you know what? I want to, since you're talking about voting, I want to... present something to our listeners, and I think I lightly mentioned it yesterday as well on the emergency broadcast that we had, and that is that uh, last night, on Saturday night, the Jerusalem Post came out with, uh, I mean, other other news agencies uh, reported this as well, but uh, the one that I saw was from the Jerusalem Post, and it said here that Netanyahu offered Lapid, that's Yair Lapid and Gantz, entry into a broad emergency government or a unity government. And this announcement, they say, came after Israel was faced with a barrage of thousands of rockets through the day in a surprise attack. Now, when I saw this headline, I have to say, Mordechai, both Mordechais, that I flinched. I, I instinctively flinched because I remembered just recently that Joe Biden in the White House, was twisting Netanyahu's arm, 
because Netanyahu really wants to see this deal with the Saudis. And Biden was telling him, basically, make a unity government, kick out the right wing and make a unity government with the left. And then we'll help, uh, you know, secure this peace deal. Now, I have to say that it's important because what does that mean? It means that the left, which could not gain power through democratic elections, is trying now to gain power through uh, possibly a twisting of the arm in a situation or a coincidence or whatever you want to call it like this, where they can say, well, you have to take us in now. The country needs unity. Take us in. But they'll refuse to sit with the right wing and there goes the right wing government there goes the will of a democratic election that the israeli people had all out the window the left take power not through ballots but through bombs literally uh well you're 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 a little bit out of date here on that one Um, uh, um uh netanyahu did make the offer publicly uh gantz said he might consider it, Lapid shot it down immediately. So right. Lapid, as we know, Lapid has always been a coward. Um, he, he didn't serve in the army because he was too cowardly. Um, uh, um, uh, there's really nothing to talk about because there's nobody to talk to. So these people on the left, you're, you're, you're right that they're, that they're completely cowardly and completely dishonest. But uh, uh, in this case, um, um, uh, Netanyahu did not put on the table to invite them in at the cost of taking apart his 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 present government. Right, he but that's what they would said, demand. He specifically said that he would invite right, them yeah. in to the existing government, and the Pete refused. Uh, Mordechai, I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, and my second, my guest, my other guest, Mordechai Sones, would you like to weigh in on that as well? Well, I mean, again, these things are all these convoluted political considerations, and every politician considers it a categorical imperative that he remain in power, when really the the, the right thing to do for somebody who cares about his nation when he faces pressure from the Americans or pressure from the Europeans that he can't withstand is to come out publicly and tell the nation, this is what they're pressuring me to do. I can't stand it. I'm not going to do it. I'm resigning. But you won't see an Israeli politician do that, and so we have all of these convolutions. Now, it might be true, but I think, I'm again, I, I just reiterate that whether it's true or not, it really doesn't matter because there are people being tortured and raped as we speak right now in the in the, the tunnels of Gaza, and what has to happen is a, a fundamental revolutionary change in Israel's leadership uh, on the higher levels, and that's really, I think... I think something that the people of Israel have been preparing for since the beginning of the state. I think that there are institutes on every level of thinking who have been preparing for looking what a Jewish state would look like without the Turkish common law and the British common law, which which uh, and, the, and the other uh, non-Jewish influences in Israeli jurisprudence that that really makes it a contradictory country that that uh, a, a country which is based on on contradictions in its political philosophy and it makes it impossible for it to move forward in a unified way and uh we have to the, the time is coming we have to face these things and clear it out we cannot continue relying on politicians or political parties or thinking that uh 
that lone heroes are going to go in and change things from the inside, like Moshe Faglin and Itamar Ben-Gavir, as much as I support and love them and, and think that uh, that they have good intentions, but they are not going to succeed in uh, in the Israeli Knesset uh, to change things from the inside, nor will anybody succeed by approaching the courts or making a Supreme Court. It's not it's not what's uh, what's needed right now. What we need to see is that they have to go. They have to go. Many of them should be sitting behind bars, and that's something that should be that should be done in front of an international tribunal. And um, I think the teams of lawyers should start working on it. All right, Mordechai, That's my opinion. Before you uh, go, I want to ask you about one more thing. Now, you yourself have done research some years ago about <laughs> the Arab threat in Israel. Not in Gaza, not in uh, southern Lebanon on Israel's northern border, border, but inside Israel in uh, Judea and Samaria, uh, etc. And the uh, the damage that they could do being a fifth column here. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the threat that they pose to Jewish communities, the Yishuvim, the settlements, the Jewish settlements, that are, I should say resettlements, because we're back here after 2,000 years. These are Jewish names, Bet-El, and uh, all of these places are, are Jewish. But uh, what can you tell us about the Arab threat here inside of Israel? Well, I mean, what you're referring to is a report that I wrote more than 20 years ago. It was still a report on the acquiescence of the Israeli government in Palestinian Authority first strike preparations in Judea and Samaria. It basically consisted of uh, four parts, analyzing uh, intelligence functions carried out by Arab workers in Jewish communities, uh, the military capabilities that were given to the Palestinian Authority under the Oslo agreements, uh, uh, vulnerabilities that seem to have been built into Jewish community defenses that uh, just happened to be tailor-made for the equipment that was given to the Palestinian Authority and agreed on in specific explicit language in the Oslo Accords, uh, making it possible for the Palestinian Authority to attack Jewish communities, and the inaction of the Israeli government. Everything that I wrote in that in that report back then, applies and is relevant to the attack that happened yesterday. And the thing is that when I wrote that report, it was published by the Ariel Center for Policy Research, which is a, uh, it was a prestigious think tank. They don't operate anymore because it's, uh, it's executive director, Arya Stav, passed away. But in, in the day, it was, uh, it was an extremely prestigious organization that would not publish something without checking it out first. They checked out my report, they sent it to the Prime Minister's office, the Defense Ministry, the Council of Jewish Communities in Judea and Samaria, and they asked, uh, uh, they tried independently to verify the report by asking IDF commanders who are at a lower level working in the field. He said that besides the Yesha Council, who denied the findings in my report absolutely, the Prime Minister and the Defense Ministry did not even bother to answer the query, while local IDF commanders gave an answer that ranged from partial confirmation to confirmation to presentation of a situation much worse by far. So we have to understand that all the upper echelons in this country are working from a, uh, a standpoint of, uh, of, of corruption, and, and the the brunt of it falls on the lower levels, and that's the commanders in the field, and that's us, and that's the little people. 
And the only legal means that we have to throw them off, to cast them off, is, is to not vote for them. There's nothing else that we can do. There are some countries, there are many countries in the world where a person must vote. You must come to the, you know, it's like a sham democracy where you have to, you have to, you as the victim must give your sanction by, by putting even a blank ballot into the ballot box, but you must come and vote, which, which shows how important it is when somebody comes and he offers his vote. And what we have to do is organize. We have to not passively sit at home and not vote like so many people do. We have to actively sign a document and say that we are dissolving the political ties that we have had with the Likud, with the Labor Party, with everything that is causing death and destruction and misery to this to this country. And uh, I believe that if that idea spreads and people start seeing it, it will cause panic among those who uh, who are high, holding on to power at all costs here. And I think that uh, finally it could give the, the chance for a breath of fresh air that we've been preparing for since the beginning of this country. And uh, what would you suggest that the proper response now be with uh, Gaza? Well, whose response? The response of a normal citizen, the response of the Israeli the government, proper, the response of the, the army? correct response Israel should be doing? Uh, Israel could have and should have dealt with the Gaza situation long, long ago. Uh, if you're asking physically what should happen, I mean, before we talk about the, the physical restoration that has to take place, there has to be a spiritual restoration. Israel has to begin to believe in victory again. They have to believe in the concept of enemies. They don't believe there's such thing as an enemy. And as long as they don't believe there's such thing as an enemy, so they'll never be able to beat their enemies. But once they go back to understanding that there's an enemy and that there should be victory, so then they can start talking about the physical means to, to do that, which would be which would be ending the uh, ending the Gaza experiment. <laughs> That's all. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu, in his speech, said that the Gazans should leave because Israel is going to be hitting uh, several targets in Gaza. What is your yeah. take on I, that? I don't believe anything that Benjamin Netanyahu says. Yeah, I think that a lot of, uh, sadly, a lot of Israelis feel the same way. Sadly, he's he's uh, his loyalty. I do not believe is to the state of Israel. I believe that he is personally committed to a globalist vision, and uh, he tells he tells his Israeli people one thing in Hebrew. He tells his globalist audience uh, a different thing in English, and and it's um, he's not someone to be trusted, and that's something that's been plain to see for many, many, many years. All right, Mordechai Sons, wow. Uh, is there any one last thing you want to say before we say goodbye? Well, just that uh, I appreciate the ability to uh, say these things on this platform and then just uh, to thank you and tell your listeners how important Israel News Talk Radio is uh, because there are not many places where you can hear where you can hear such opinions and such facts. That's all. This is true. This is absolutely true, and I'm sad to say it. Mordechai Sons, thank you very much. You stay safe and uh, keep doing keep doing the right things. Thanks keep very much. What you they too. need to hear. Thank you. Be well. Bye bye. Mordechai Ben Menachem, would you like to weigh yes. in? Oh well, uh, as usual with statements of that nature, you you, you know me. Some, many of the things that he said, I completely agree with. Many of the things that he said, I do not agree with. I think he's rather uh, uh, extreme in a lot of his opinions. Um, uh, but many of the things that he said were very intelligent and very well, well said. 
Um, I, I certainly agree that the what, what he framed the Gaza experiment should have been ended long ago. There's no doubt about that. Um, uh, I, I'm not quite as certain that it is it is easy to do as he thinks it is. I think it's a little. I think it's quite a bit more difficult than that, particularly considering the international climate. I'm hoping that with this uh, present situation, we'll be able to do a much more thorough job. Um, uh, uh, I'm not quite as uh, convinced as he is about the total corruption of everybody, etc., etc., etc. And I'm certainly not uh, a supporter of either Fagelin or Ben Greer. But okay, but other than that, I mean, again, a lot of the points that he made were very well made. Uh, 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 even the points that he that I disagree with him on, I think he stated very well his position, and I think that's an important position to state. I think everything everything that he said is important to hear, um, uh, um, and that's why we have a democracy. So people can express their opinions, and that's fine. And I want again. If I was presented as percentage, I would I would expect I don't know I didn't try to calculate it, but I would say that certainly eighty percent of what he says I completely completely agree with. It's minor things, technical things that I disagree with. I would point out one historical fact that people are generally unaware of, and that is that in the history of the world, every new country at the third generation, very intelligently by uh, uh, gentlemen that I expect that I respect very strongly, um, uh, 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 Pasig, Professor Pasig, who is a futurist, and he predicted that this would be occurring uh, many, many months ago, and he was right. In the third generation after um, uh, uh, formation, every country goes through a crisis stage, and we're at that crisis stage right now. And we need to be aware that this is normal. This is not abnormal. Yeah, I, I want to add here that one of the things I love about Israel News Talk Radio is that we have diverse opinions here and that we don't have to agree. But we don't. But we when, when we don't agree, we do so civilly. We don't get offended. <laughs> we don't try to censor people. We have our opinions and, and we respect them and, and you can air them here. And talking about airing your opinions, we have a caller. By the way, if you want to call into the show, uh, our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. You can find it at the top of the page there. And, uh, we are, you can only call in if we are, if you're listening to us live, which means if it's between 4 to 6 p.m. Israel time, or if it's between, uh, uh, 9 to 11 a.m. U.S. Eastern time, that means that we are live on this Sunday and you can call in. If you're hearing the show at any other time, it's a replay. All right, let's go to our caller. We have joining us Adam. Hi, Adam. Where are you calling in from? Houston. Houston, Oak, Texas. Okay. Adam, what say you? But the only the only way that Israel wins this war is you have to defeat their ability to resupply their armies of soldiers and soldiers with arms. And unfortunately, that means that Israel is going to have to, they want this to stop. They're going to have to convince the uh, Gazan people that they're, it's not that, that they have to convince their Gazan people that if they continue this war, it's worse for them than following Hamas. I mean, that's the only way. And if if Israel does not make a decisive victory, all the peace agreements that have been made so far, which are based on the fact that those Arab countries believe that security comes with it, will fall apart. And so Israel needs to make a decided victory 
And unfortunately, I believe that that means that they're going to have to do what America did during World War II to the Japanese to bring them to their knees. Are you saying that Israel should drop an atom bomb on Gaza? No, I'm saying that they should carpet bomb the country, the area. You want to stop that, that's about the only way you're going to do it. Mordechai. You're going to get throwback from the international community no matter what happens. Mordechai, do you want to... But if you want this to stop, that's the only way. Mordechai, why don't you weigh in on what Adam is saying? First of all, his principle is correct. Absolutely correct. There's no, there's no question about that as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, 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 again, we, we mentioned before the question of, of uh, morality and how one approaches morality and looks at morality. Uh, if I was to look for the moment just from the standpoint of the citizens of Gaza, the hell that they've been living through for the last 20 years, which is their fault, but the hell that they've been living through for the last 20 years is horrible. And if anybody wants to look at things from their standpoint and say, we need to have compassion for the Gazans, and I'm not saying that, I'm saying if, if, that's, the, if that's the standpoint of, of certain people, the only way to have compassion for the for the Gazans is to stop this hell that they're living through, to stop this horrible, the, 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 these, these filthy, disgusting pigs that call themselves Hamas. And so, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad and all oh, the course, other... Course. Uh, I mean, that, I'm using Hamas example. As, as an example, but I mean, the entire uh, 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 Jihad regime, which, is, which has killed tens or hundreds of thousands of Gazans, they themselves, not killed by us, killed by them. Um, uh, 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 if you're thinking in terms of compassion for the Arabs, then think in terms of compassion that's real and not just hating Jews. And to get rid of their terrorist the leadership. Work. Exactly. Adam, I want to thank you very much for calling in. And I think a lot of Israelis would agree with you that... Uh, Gaza must be carpet bombed. I don't think that the uh, government here is going to do that, but uh, I, I know that many Israelis would, would concur. Uh, enough is enough is enough is enough. Thank you so much for your call, Adam. Appreciate right, thank it. You. Thank you. All right. Uh, so let me give a, a little bit more statistics now. Over 600 people here in Israel have been killed within the last 24 plus hours. And uh, there are unknown number of Israelis, both civilians and soldiers, who are kidnapped and being held hostage either in Gaza or are being held hostage in their own communities by infiltrators. Uh, Mordechai, weigh in. Well, first of all, it's not 24, it's 36 hours already. Um, but uh, other than that, uh, yes, uh, the, uh, uh, the statistics are... Uh, uh, correct, as sad as they are. Um, uh, um, one thing that was stated by Mordechai Soames that um, there is absolutely no reason to accept the failures of the of the army in their reaction. Um, as I said before, the Navy reacted very, very well. The Air Force apparently reacted well. I don't have enough data to say any more clearly than that. The ground army did not react properly at all. And um, um, uh, we have a, a, a principle since, the, since long before the founding of the country of what we call um, learning lessons. 
And right, um, so... uh, uh, this, that's one of the things that needs to happen right now. As soon as this is over, we need to learn the lessons of what went wrong and learn them well. Okay. Mordecai, I'm going to interrupt you because we have another red alert sirens going off right now in the south of Israel. Uh, we're praying for the safety of, our, of the residents and our soldiers that are down there. My son is down there as well. Uh, fighting, and I'm praying for him all the time, and I appreciate the prayers of our listeners who have written me and, and uh, said, this, said that they are praying for our families here. Uh, we have a caller. We have Joe calling in from Massachusetts. Hi there, Joe. What's your comment or question for us here at Israel News Talk Radio? Hello. Uh, I, I'm Joe Turek. You and I have spoken, and I speak to Mordecai, oh, at least five to seven times a week. Wow. And... <laughs> My uh, uh, my concern worldwide has been that I have had faith in governments to take care of people. Uh, when Iran took uh, our 400-plus uh, people, I saw how weak we were, how we did not solve it correctly. And then again, I had an opportunity at 9-11 to see what my country would do for me. And I considered they totally failed. As Mordecai knows that I have been talking to people, I've slept less since this happened to you than I had no trouble sleeping at the 9-11 because I was confident in my uh, country's ability to solve the problem. Well, I've been talking to a lot of vets, and I said if I was 20 years younger, I would try to see if I could get 100,000 or more troops together, and we would want to be the front line because uh, you, pe you people in Israel happen to have a, a, a code that uh, doesn't allow you to do what my 100,000 people would do, and my weapon of choice would be a shoulder rocket launcher to make sure that none of my people would be hurt, and I would be the first one to go. I'm absolutely appalled of what happened. And as a fellow scientist with Mordecai and a veteran and a former fighter, I really am upset. I don't think I've ever been this upset at anything in my life. Now, Mordecai, do you want to weigh in on what Joe is saying? Well, Joe and I, as he said, we speak almost every day and speak uh, sometimes as much as, as an hour or two. So we're very close friends for many, many years, I'd say, even several decades. I don't know how many decades now, but... Uh, 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 I, I know that everything he said is very sincere. I know it very, very well. Um, um, and again, I thank him from the bottom of my heart uh, for everything that he, that he says and he feels. And I know that there indeed are many people that feel that way. And we've, we've heard this in the past. And it, it's, it's, it's emotional. It's, 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 uh, it's something that um, uh, 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 it's important for people to hear this. Um, and I know that um, uh, uh, um, he's right in the sense that there are things that we cannot do because we are who we are. And, and uh, 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 other people allow themselves to, to do things that we don't do not allow ourselves to do. And again, brings us back to the question of when is moral immoral? And that's a very complex question that maybe we can go through in some time, but it's it's very complex. Well, so again, Joe, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for your call, Joe. Thank it's you. Very nice speaking with you, and my uh, uh, total sympathy is with everyone over there, and God bless Israel.
Thank you very much. God bless you. Uh, I, you know, I, hearing what he's saying, I, I'm thinking about all the compassion that was poured out on the Ukraine when Russia attacked them, not nearly as horrible, especially in the first 24 hours, as we're seeing here in Israel. I don't see nations around the world saying we must support Israel and give them hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars, give them, send them military equipment to protect themselves, send them boots on the ground to protect themselves. Nothing like we see uh, with, uh, with, what, with what has happened here in Israel. I don't see that love that the Ukraine is, is so deserving. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we, we all know that the, um, let, let me phrase this gently, the Europeans have not been known over the centuries for being particularly, lo- particularly lovers of Israel. Yes, yes. Well, I'm being tongue in cheek because, of course, we don't need their help. We need God's help. And uh, that's and Israel is a nation that dwells alone. And we don't exist because the nations of the world uh, support us or don't support us. We don't exist because of our mighty army, as we see, as we have seen in these last uh, 36 hours, our mighty army did not respond for whatever reason, our great and amazing intelligence didn't says that they didn't know what was happening when this was. People said that this was being planned for six months already, and our and yet our amazing intelligence didn't know. We only win because God lets us win, because God gives us the ability to win, because we're a tiny country, we uh, are an underdog, and it's not our great government, it's not our great army it's not our great brains it's not our cleverness it is only because of god and uh, i say that as a religious jew and uh uh you mordechai are also a rabbi you can weigh in on that as well as i take this call um yeah you're right you're absolutely correct i I would however qualify that in in one's respect i mean you have to give credit where credit is also due and uh we have received Aid in the past, for instance, in in in, in 1973 when we were attacked, and uh, uh, then President Nixon sent us a a a plane load, many plane loads of ammunition. We appreciated that very much. So when we do get aid, we appreciate it. But of course, what you said about being uh, God's children is the most important, the more important issue. Okay, we have a caller. We have joining us Tar from. Kansas. Hey there, Tar. What's uh, your comment or question? Uh, I uh, I agree with uh, what they've said about carpet bombing uh, Gaza. Uh, it it won't happen, but that definitely needs to what uh, be done. Uh, for I've seen on the news where there's ten and twelve year old boys, hundreds of them, going through the streets celebrating. You know the uh, the disease of their hate is through every single uh, Gazan, you know, person living there, uh, Palestinian. Uh, there are no innocent people, and in, the only innocent people in Gaza are the the Israelis that have been captured. And so, uh, I know the world won't think this way, but but uh, we need to finish what uh, what. Uh, uh, Saul did not do uh, back in in his day, 
and uh, uh, they, they need to be obliterated. Uh, that would take care of their problem. They, they're they're sick people, and the only way, you know, if a rabid dog, the only thing you can do with a rabid dog is put it down. So anyway, uh, tar, I, tar as you're speaking, I, I know uh, the word. Tar, as you're speaking, we're having more red alert sirens of uh, possible incoming rockets on the communities of Nativ Hasara and Yad Mordechai, which are in the Gaza Belt region. And so we're wishing all of our uh, all of our brothers and sisters who are running now to bomb shelters for safety that they should be safe. Please, God, go ahead. Tar. Okay. Well, I've, I've said what I wanted to say, and I appreciate you taking me on, Smart. Y'all, uh, be careful. May God be with you. Thank you so much, Tara. We really feel your love and your prayers. God bless you. Thank you for calling in and, and with your support. We really appreciate it. All right. Uh, so, uh, again, I just want to give out some of the uh, latest headlines. And I guess uh, at least 600 people killed. We're talking not just soldiers. We're talking uh, civilians who were targeted. Now, I want people to understand when people call in and say that they w- would like to see Gaza carpet bombed, you have to understand the difference. That when Israel goes in, if it were to go in and carpet bomb, which we have never done, We tell the civilians, leave, because we are going to be bombing in this area. We don't look to kill civilians. That's what the Israeli government's policy is. They warn people ahead of time so they can get out and save their lives. The Hamas terrorists do not warn the Israeli people that they're coming in to kill, rape, torture, kidnap and and uh, massacre us. They come in and they target purposely civilians as well as soldiers. Go ahead, Mordecai, and I'm going to get our next guest on the show. Go ahead. Okay. Um, uh, 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 we actually have the army actually has a system which is called knocking on the roof, where we go in with um, uh, uh, unmanned drones and literally knock on the roof and drop down pamphlets in Arabic that say. Move now while you still have time. No country in the world has ever done that before. And we have been condemned by the this 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 ridiculous garbage that calls itself the United Nations. <clears throat> We've been condemned for our compassion. But say they've run out of things to condemn us for, so they condemn us even for our compassion. But, you know, that, that that's part of the problem here. The part of the problem is that the United Nations is not part of the solution. They are part of the problem. They are the foment, they, they foment the problem. Same thing with the European Union. They're not part of the solution. They're definitely part of the problem. They intentionally cause issues to exist. They intentionally fund Hamas. They fund the, 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 the European Union, the German government, the, the Dutch government fund the educational system of Hamas that teaches the children to kill. They're aware of this. They, they know exactly what they're funding. We, 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 we both, tomorrow and I, we, we both know a gentleman by the name of David Badin was phenomenal in the work that he's done for, for, for I don't know, decades in discovering exactly what the um, um, uh, 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 Hamas educational system teaches their children. So if anybody wants to look up what, what this is about, 
Look up David Bedin. He's a, he's a brilliant man. He does superb work with his son, who's also just as good. Um, uh, and, and you can find out what Hamas actually teaches their children. Now, what, what they teach not in, in, in the schools, schools sponsored by the German government, sponsored by the European Union, sponsored by the Dutch government. And now, unfortunately, also by the American government since Biden came into office. Okay, um, Mordechai, we're going to stop here for a moment because we have a, another guest down. We have joining us Nadia Matar. She's a Jewish activist, and she is, it's the, called uh, uh, Women for Israel's Tomorrow. Is that correct? The Sovereignty Movement. The Sovereignty Movement. I'm sorry. Okay. Why don't you give out your website also so people can uh, find you? Our website is Ribonut, which means sovereignty, R-I-B-O-N-U-T dot C-O dot I-L, and people can go there, and in a, very soon, in the next hour, we're going to put up a statement uh, of our position on what is going on. Okay, so that was Ribonut dot C-O dot I-L, you said? Yes. Okay, go ahead. All right, so what's the statement going to be? Uh, well, we haven't translated it completely into English yet, but I will give you the uh, main gist of it. Okay. The, uh, obviously we are now, uh, undergoing a 9-11 of the state of Israel. Um, a very big, uh, tragedy and a very big, um, failure of the security forces and of the entire system and of the entire concept of 30 years of Oslo. But all that I don't want to discuss now. All the mistakes that have been done and all the, uh, incredible uh, um, lack of understanding of where we live and what is going on, because that we will be able to discuss later. What we are putting out as a statement now, and that is what needs to be done, in addition, of course, to strengthen our soldiers, who all our sons, our son-in-laws, our cousins, everybody is in, uh, there, and to strengthen them and give them chizuk. What we have to be, the call now has to be, and that is what we're coming out with, that it is that we need to not only carpet bomb Gaza, that we need to completely destroy Gaza, but we have to return there once and for all. Don't, we, we just put out a letter to the uh, Prime Minister telling, telling him exactly that. Don't you dare bring in our sons and, uh, and have our sons fight a war in order to afterwards have some kind of ridiculous again ceasefire and uh, uh, and leave again and pretend that we can continue in a situation to uh, leave Gaza uh, to Hamas or any anybody else here, here. Gaza belongs to the state of Israel is Jewish land and we have to once and for all understand that the concept of uh, unilateral uh, uh, leaving of the land of Israel or from abandoning parts of the land of Israel whether it's there or in any other part, is only going to bring destruction and havoc. Now is the time for Prime Minister uh, Bibi Netanyahu, who uh, who is going to obviously uh, pay the price politically for what is happening here, uh, at least maybe to to recover himself by doing what the majority of the Jewish people voted him to do and expect him to do now after the 9-11 that we are, that we are uh, the hundreds of dead people here is like thousands of dead in America at the time. And we expect the Prime Minister of Israel, we don't even understand why there's still one building standing in, in Gaza. 
We don't understand why they're still continuing to shoot missiles. How come they even dare to put out their nose out of their houses? We need to carpet bomb Gaza, and we need to return there once and for all and bring back Jewish sovereignty to the area there. Only when the Jews are in control of the land of Israel, there is uh, 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 no uh, uh, terror. Terror is when we abandon the land of Israel to people who we fake as if they can take control of those areas, our enemies. That is basically the message of our press release or our letter to the prime minister. And we call upon each and one of you now to do two things. Anybody who hears now, when you are at home and you're going, you're climbing up the walls, asking yourself, what can I do? Number one, find, of course, ways to send money to the army. We get requests all the time of the army and needs, the soldiers need all kinds of things from, from uh, socks and underwear and, 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 and basic stuff and find some reliable uh, uh, um, connection that actually will make sure the money goes to the soldiers. That's, that's for the tachlet help to soldiers. But, but in order to also uh, uh, have a, an impact on the um, message on what the people of the lovers of Israel expect, uh, uh, go into the Knesset website and the, uh, for the Prime Minister Office website, look for the email, there's the emails, there's phone numbers, and bombard with emails, of course, uh, uh, and phone, phone calls, the simple message, carpet bomb Gaza and return Israeli sovereignty, return the Jews to Gaza, expel all the Arab terrorists and their supporters once and for all. That is going to be a game changer, nothing else. Stop telling us that you're just going into, as unfortunately some some people say, we're going to give them a lesson. We don't need to give them a lesson. We need to wipe them out. We need to wipe out Hamas. We need to wipe out Gaza, uh, 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 how do you call them, the uh, jihad and all the other things. Oh, uh, uh, that is the one and only message. Uh, we were We were humane enough to have a prime minister who warned the civilian population in Gaza yesterday, I suggest you should leave. So we did our humanitarian act. That's enough. Nadia, uh, some people, uh, I've been watching the talking heads on television, and they were saying that if we carpet bomb Gaza, what about the hostages that are being held there? They would be killed as well. What would you say? I say that we have to do, Israel has to do what has to be done. I'm not going to give advice now to the army. The army knows exactly uh, where they are, or should know, I hope they know. We used to think that we have a good intelligence uh, since yesterday. Obviously, that is being in, put into doubt now. But from what uh, we understand, Israel knows exactly where they are. And when we say carpet bomb, obviously they have to know where to bomb and where not to bomb. I'm not going to go into, into military details on a radio show now. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the fact that there are Jews there uh, um, uh, uh, implies that they have to know exactly how to carpet bomb. The very fact that they're not bombing now, there's plenty of areas where they know that the Jews are not being held. And those areas shouldn't be able to breathe. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
And uh, is there anything else that you want to share with us before? Uh... I want to share with you that the people of Israel are strong and that we are not going to be broken and that Am Israel high and that God is on our side. And as the Pasuk says, the verse says in, uh, in Bamidbar, Hen Am Akum, we are going to rise up as a lion. Yes, they surprise us. Yes, but they don't know who they're dealing with. The Jewish people is invincible. The Jewish people is strong. And Am Israel high and we're not going to be broken and we are very heartbroken. And we we are sad and we are upset and we are angry, but nobody's going to break us. It's only going to determine the Jewish people even more to stick to the land of Israel, to be loyal to the land of Israel. You should see the. Uh, I, we, I beg everybody. I beg my children. I beg my daughters, especially. Of course, all their husbands are in the war. Don't look at the terrible, horrible pictures that the Hamas is spreading on the internet. Look at the beautiful pictures of our soldiers who are all going there with enthusiasm to fight for their country, to fight for their land. That is what patriotism is about. The Jewish people will arise, will, will, is Chayve Kayam, is alive and well. Yes, we got a blow. We have received a blow. Oh, we don't, yeah, they don't know yet our enemy, what blow they're going to get. They're going to get such a blow, Be'ezrat Hashem, please God. But it depends very much on what the demand of the people is. We have to stop being so uh, uh, merciful, uh, uh, um, there's a saying in, in Hebrew that says, Whoever is merciful to the wicked people, to the, uh, uh, um, to the cruel, help yeah. me here with the, the translation. Cruel, the cruel. Cruel, cruel. To the cruel, cruel. people, yeah. Do, if you, uh, anybody who is, uh, um, uh, how do you say, uh, uh, my Hebrew now in my translation. Okay, anyway, if you are mild, if you are nice to cruel people, then it will boomerang back, and 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 the the, the cruel people will 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 be cruel to you. Mm-hmm. Enough with giving with this Christian thing of giving out the the other cheek. Enough with looking over our back and our shoulder. What is America gonna say? America, who is the one who is giving billions of dollars to Iran, who pretends the the last two days that they're with us? They're not with us. President Biden has been giving billions to the to Iran, and then he's giving two sentences, oh, we are with you? You're not with us. You are giving billions to the Iranians. What is happening in the last two days? That is Iran. And you, President Biden, you gave part of that. Uh, you are part of that. You are a, an accomplice of this terrible massacre that we are undergoing because you have given strength to the Iranians and to the Iranian proxies in Gaza and everywhere else. So don't tell us now that you're on our side. If you are on our side, you would stop giving Iran anything. You would uh, 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 call for the stopping to give electricity to the Gaza Strip, to stop giving them water, and we don't have to listen to what President Biden is saying. We have to now do what is good for the Jewish people. We have to do what God expects us to do, what the Bible expects us to do. That is the most moral thing to do. To be moral is to fight for the people who are right and to uh, carpet bomb and and uh, 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 finish the, the 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 wicked people who are who are murdering us. By the way, just as a first step, again for those non-Jews who listen, remember the main slogan by the Arabs is first the Saturday people, then the Sunday people. What they do to the Jews, the Saturday people, they dream of doing to the entire Western world. So when you're on the side of Israel against the Hamas, against what they're doing now, and if you're helping Israel, you're helping yourself also. You're helping those on the right side, 
And in the end, I know we're going to overcome, we're going to be victorious, because I'm Israel Chai. We are strong, and nobody, nobody is going to uh, 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 break us. We are invincible. God is on our side. Please, God. Do you all see why I love this woman? God bless you, Nadia Matar. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you so much. And I'm Yisrael Chai. The nation of Israel lives. That's right. And we are not going anywhere. Thank you so much, Nadia. You be strong. I know you've got children and uh, son-in-laws, etc. in the army. And God bless them all and keep them safe. Amen. Amen. All of them. Amen. Be well. Bye-bye. All right. Let me give you some updates here. Uh, very, uh, I, I'm sad to give this update, uh, but uh, the defense minister has given an order now to prepare, get this folks, to evacuate citizens from the north of Israel. This in uh, probably expectation that the Hamas, that the Hezbollah is going to open fire on Israel and join in the fray. Uh, Also, I'm just going to read headlines here from the uh, Times of Israel. They're saying here, the IDF intensifies Gaza strikes as cabinet approves war. Israeli death toll passes 600 people. Clashes continue in border towns. The IDF hits Hamas targets. Uh, They say that more than 400 terrorists have been killed. Yamach Shamam, may their names be erased. And uh, families here in Israel are still searching for their missing loved ones. I have to say that yesterday on the news, I was watching one of the fathers crying as he was being interviewed, saying that he went to the hospitals, went to the morgue to look for his daughter and he couldn't find her, which means that most likely she was kidnapped and who knows what's happening to her. Another uh, girl whose face was on the uh, the pages of a, a media outlet being led away by the Hamas terrorists to her fate. God forbid. God forbid. Uh, this is what we're facing. There's over... Uh, over 2,000, almost uh, 2,200 people wounded here in Israel, many of them serious. And again, dozens of Israelis, both soldiers and civilians, taken hostage to Gaza. We are in a very serious situation here. Uh, many people are saying this is more serious, more um uh, bigger, I should say, than even the Yom Kippur War. Now, again, I gave you the stats that s- over 600 dead. Now, in the Yom Kippur War, there was uh, the death toll, according to the Israel Ministry of Defense, says that 2,656 people were killed. Of these people, guess what? All of them soldiers, all of them military people who are fighting the onslaught of the Egyptians and the Syrians that invaded into Israel, etc., and the other Arabs, uh, there were no civilians killed, according to this uh, these stats that I'm getting on Wikipedia from the Israel's Ministry of Defense. Uh, the Yom Kippur War did not involve civilians being kidnapped, being murdered, being uh, slaughtered, and uh, raped and tortured. And uh, I, I can't even say other things because I don't have a confirmation. So I'm not going to say the other gruesome things that uh, Israelis are circulating as what has happened. Um, I, I will try to be uh, more uh, conservative in, in the information I'm giving out. But there's a lot of things going out over the uh, social media here in Israel. And uh, Mordechai, did you want to say anything, uh, weigh in before? We have another few minutes before we have to go. 
Right. Um, uh, first of all, I have to comment at what Nadia said. Um, uh, 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 there was not a single phrase that I would disagree with, even in the slightest degree. Um, uh, uh, I don't use the term carpet bombing. I use different terminology, but that's that's technical issue. I said before that we should that part of our policy should be scorched earth. Basically, the same concept. Um, uh, uh, Nadia phrased it uh, that it's not her. Uh, it's not her role to say where it should be, where where we should do X and where we should do Y, and she, of course, is com completely correct in that. Um, uh, uh, I completely agree with her. The um, uh, um, uh, 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 the areas of Gaza that we know are free of Jews should be totally, absolutely, and finally destroyed to the very, very basis. There should not even be a plant that can survive there. And I mean that very literally. Okay. Uh, we should... Chai, let, let me, I'm sorry I have to interrupt you. We're under another red alert. Uh, sirens going off in Nachal Oz, Yad Mordechai, and Nativa Sarah. This is all com Jewish communities around uh, Gaza. Uh, they're running for cover right now. We are praying for their safety. And we do have a caller. Uh, we have uh, uh, caller. I'm sorry. Say your name again and where you're from. Uh, Richard in Massachusetts. Are you hearing me? I, I'm hearing you. Tamara, are you there? Tamara. I've lost Tamara. I can hear you, Mordecai. Two quick okay. questions since time is short. Uh, first question, uh, a really friend of mine told me this morning uh, that she saw a report that uh, Netanyahu ordered the uh, army to stop the knock-on-the-roof procedure and that the army refused, saying that they were legally constrained from doing that. The second question, maybe you could shed some light on something I don't understand. Uh, so many videos of, of Hamas terrorists walking through the neighborhood streets and not a civilian returned any fire. I don't understand why no civilians seem to have been shooting back. Um, well, uh, first of all, I, I would not put. Let, let, let's go to the first question first. Um, I, I'm not aware that uh, 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 Netanyahu said to stop the knock on the roof. I am aware that he said that um, uh, uh, the Gazans should be aware, the residents should be aware, and they should be um, uh, fleeing from their from their residences because uh, 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 our reaction was not going to be gentle. But uh, I'm not aware that he said to specifically. The, the, the issue of knock on the roof. So I can't comment on that uh, 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 at all. In terms of the uh, Hamas videos, remember the Hamas releases a video that they think is to their advantage. So uh, it, it's entirely possible I'm not there. So I don't, I don't know. I, I'm in Jerusalem. Um, but uh, uh, I heard totally different stories. I was speaking yesterday with a neighbor of mine who is a high police officer, and he was telling me that there was intense fighting in the streets of uh, uh, several of the towns um, with civilians returning fire to the to the terrorists. Clearly, it would not be the, to the advantage of Hamas to videotape that. But this yes, report was seen again yesterday afternoon, late afternoon, a neighbor of mine who is a high police officer, he's a um, uh, 
I think you call it an American, a, a, a detective. I don't, I don't know, understand rankings, um, so I can't say that. But he's a high police officer. I, I respect that the information that he gave me was probably accurate. Uh, one little tidbit that might interest you. Uh, today, for the first time, beginning this morning, uh, in the United States, there's finally some so-called mainstream uh, media coverage of events in Israel. There wasn't a word or a, an image on, on the main media uh, yesterday at all. Well, I did see after Shabbat yesterday evening, I did see things on Fox. Um, I... I Admit that I don't bother to look at things like CNN or uh, um, CBS or any of these other networks because Fox is disappointing. The others are disgusting. Okay, I'm going to jump in here now. I want to thank you for your call. And uh, you were just talking about um, what's going on in the media, etc. I I was just now uh, made aware, uh, sent a gruesome video. And I'm going to put a warning on this. If you, if uh, folks, if you have a weak stomach, do not listen. Turn turn off the radio right now. Go to another station. Listen to the, your favorite hits from the 1960s, or whatever you want. But uh, it shows uh, a, a young Israeli man who is wounded, lying on the ground, and he is uh, dying. And the Hamas are beating him as he's lying there incapacitated, cannot do anything. And then they take a shovel or a hoe and they're trying to decapitate him while he's still alive. I pray, I pray that the parents do not see this. This is the type of filth that we are dealing with, folks. They do not deserve to live. They are not even animals. As I said, animals wouldn't even do this. We are fighting people who are committing war crimes, crimes against humanity, who are disgusting, who need to be removed from this earth. And we cannot tolerate this anymore as decent people. As decent people, we cannot tolerate having human beings on earth that do this to other human beings. And we are not good people if we make a ceasefire again. We are not good people if we let a terrorist entity like we have here in our backyard continue to exist, to continue to kill more and more people. Innocent people. We are not a moral nation. We have lost our compass. Let us think now. Let us go back into history and think. Besides our powerless and cowardly leaders, I am sad to say, I'm sad. I want to be proud of my leadership. I want to say Netanyahu is great and everything is great. But I can't. Let's think what would King David do if he had enemies surrounding Israel who did this sort of things to the Jewish citizens of the state of Judea, of the country of Judea, what would he do? Would he continue kicking the can down the road? Would he try to contain and manage the terror? Or would he wipe them out like he did with his enemies that we read in the Bible? Because we are dealing with people here who have lost their humanity, what they've done to our girls, 
the rapes, the torture, our children taken from their beds and pajamas barefoot into the Hamas tunnels being held there. Who knows what's happening to those little boys and little girls? And we should tolerate this? We should make a ceasefire with an entity like this? If so, we are a disgrace. Well, tomorrow I should remind you that so far nobody has suggested a ceasefire. So let's not let's not go overboard right now. So far, that is the pattern. Well. That is the pattern. That is the pattern. You're absolutely Wash, correct, and what you're saying rinse, is right. Repeat, Mordecai. Right in terms of Wash, uh, right and rinse, wrong, repeat. not just right in terms of, of other things. But remember, no one has called for a ceasefire yet. So let's not blame anybody for something that has okay, not. Okay, I'm waiting even for the Secretary discussed. of State of the United States to run over here and try to manage a ceasefire. And uh, and and I do not, I do not have faith. I'm sorry, I do not have faith in the American leadership. I'm sad to say because I love America and I love the American people, and most of them are very, very good people, and they don't deserve this, and we don't deserve this. And if you are a just person. If you are a just person, you will not tolerate this. Because if you do, if you do tolerate this, then 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 you you you're not a good person. I'm sorry. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. I I have to add one item of 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 information that people again are probably not aware of. Now, this attack was extraordinarily sophisticated. The concept that it was planned in Gaza is simply not possible. It, this was not this did not originate in Gaza. The the perpetrators did, but the planning, the logistics, the entire um, uh, 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 um, uh, preparation for this did not originate in Gaza. Did it originate in Tehran or in Brussels or in Washington? I don't know, but it did not originate in Gaza. There's absolutely no chance that that could have happened. This was per, 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 uh, uh, perpetrated under foreign control. And people need to be aware of this. This is not a war, I said this before, this is not a war between Hamas and Israel. This is a war between, I don't know who, the, 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 the international jihad, the global world order, I don't know who. I don't want, I don't, I, I don't know who, who originated this. This is a war between human beings that are civilized and human beings that are, that have totally lost their, that, that any any semblance of civilization, and unfortunately, I have to include in that some people that are in the United in the United States government, some people that are in the European government, and of course the entire government of of of, uh, of Iran. These are people that are no longer human, no longer have the right to call themselves human beings to present themselves as if they're human. This is total barbarism of a degree. That the world has not seen for centuries. I, I want to add here that the Jewish people, the Israeli people here, are brave, are courageous. They see through all of this facade. They are sick of it. They are braver than our leadership is. And uh, what can we do? What can we do with all this information? I'm just going to go back and say again, we need to pray. We need to pray that our leadership has the courage and the wisdom to do the right thing. That's what we have to pray for because you are not the prime minister of Israel. I am not the prime minister of Israel. We cannot give orders or directives, but we do have a hotline with God.
and God controls everything. And when things like this happen, by the way, usually, usually it's because the Jewish people also are not concentrating on things that they should be concentrating on. And that is healing in the world, doing good things. And, and, uh, and we need to do our tshuva. We need to do our repentance as well. We really need to turn to God. And I wish that some big rabbis here in Israel would call and join together the Israeli people, the Jewish people here for a day uh, or more of uh, fasting, of uh, praying to God that he forgive us for our sins. We just had the Yom Kippur, but we have to reset our, uh, our ways, our, we have to reset our gauges of the route that we're taking. Because if you read the Bible, you read the book of Judges and, the, and you see how every time the Israelites, uh, we, we started to stray after other gods and other value systems and not do what we're supposed to do as a Jewish people, an enemy came and tried to uh, kill us and made our lives miserable. And then we would do what's called tshuva. We would repent and God would send us a judge. He would send us someone who would come and uh, redeem the Jewish people. We need, we need this now. And uh, the Israeli people are willing. The Israeli people are brave. The Israeli people are motivated. Our dear sons and husbands are out there doing everything they can to save the nation. And let's hope that are, again, let's pray that our leadership has the courage and the wisdom to do the right thing. Mordechai, we need to go. We've got another show coming on live right now. So stay with us, everybody. We may have a small station break, uh, but uh, we're going to be back in just about five minutes with another live show with Natalie Sapinski, who will be hosting. She works in the emergency medical establishment here in Israel. She's going to be telling you about people who are on the ground and what they're doing. You're going to want to listen to this. So stay tuned. Uh, and if you are listening to this program on, uh, on demand and not live, go to our website and you can pick up that show. It'll be podcasted there. Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. Thank you so much for joining me and helping me do the show. It's not an easy show to do. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Too.